Welcome to Karate Cafe, your source for martial arts conversations since 2005. Karate Cafe is sponsored by Piranha Gear. Visit PiranhaGear.com for all your martial arts equipment needs. And now, here's your host, Paul Wilson. Hello again, everyone. It's Paul with Karate Cafe. We're here with another great episode, and today we have a great interview lined up. In the green room, we have Tai Yokum of Austin Okinawan Karate. Yokum Shihan is a godan in Gojuru Karate, a sandan in Okinawan Kobudo, and a sandan in Matsumura Hakutsuro Kempo, and a really good friend. But that's not why he's joining us for this episode. He's here to share his recent trip to Japan to the 33rd Taikai for Shorikai Gojuru Karate. Yokum Shihan was invited to this event in Japan and went with one of his brand new shodans from his dojo, and they were the only attendees from the United States. He had an opportunity to train with, compete against, and learn from some of the top karateka in Japan and also the world, and also shared friendship with them as well. Tai is a great guy, a fantastic karateka, and has stopped by the massive Karate Cafe studios to share his story of this great opportunity. And we will have all of that right after this. Hey folks, I literally just renewed the domain for the internet's first martial arts podcast, Karate Cafe. And so I once again remind you, I, I know we're not as regular as we'd like, we're working on it, but for the cost of a cup of coffee a month, you'd help keep us going. And you can also visit our sponsor, Piranha Gear. And of course, visit our store at karatecafe.com slash Amazon. Remember, forego your cafe for Karate Cafe or buy some stuff you know whatever okay everybody we are back and we're here with our very special guest Sensei Tai Yokum uh, he's a Godan uh, in uh, Goju and he's here to tell us about his experiences with a recent trip to Japan uh, how are you doing tonight sir very good. Thanks for hosting. Thanks. I uh, appreciate you having you on. Uh, full disclosure to everyone who's listened before, uh, Ty was the, the man who graciously invited me to his dojo when I moved here to Austin. And uh, he and uh, his uh, students and his crew there at the dojo treated me incredibly well. And, and a little way to repay this, I just wanted to share, have him share this great opportunity that he had to, uh, to go to Japan and train with some top-notch martial artists. Uh, can you go ahead and just give us a, a quick overview of, of what the event was? Yes, sir. It was the annual Taikai, um, the, the 33rd annual Taikai. And as a part of it, we had some training opportunities. We had um, some uh, tournament opportunity. Um, and also some touring opportunities to get to uh, um, spend some social time with some of the friends at, in Shorikai and um, get to tour a couple of, of temples and uh, palaces in Japan. Very cool. And, uh, how, and this was an invitation-only kind of thing? Yes, it was four members only. It wasn't uh, an open opportunity for, for non-members. And... Um, the Shorikai is is the base of our lineage. Um, out of the 
popular karate guy, Choji Miyagi, um, one of his students was Seiko Higa, and then one of his students was Sekichi Toguchi, and and Toguchi started um, Shorikai, or Shorikan, after um, uh, one point in his martial art career. So my instructor trained under Ichiro Takahata, who was sent to America from Japan to, to spread the karate here. And um, as that ended, uh, Takahata Sensei retired, I believe, in the early 80s. And um, we've continued to train but didn't have a connection because uh, the, we didn't have all of the Internet opportunities back then and have since been able to gain the opportunity of the connection and we're invited to, at some point, after some training together and communication, we're invited to join and um, become official members. So not all of us have been able to pursue that path, but um, but a few of us in the Ryu here locally have been able to pursue that path. And um, so this is the second one of these particular Taikai that we've been able to attend. Oh, fantastic. And you get to take some of your students to this one, correct? Yes, sir. That's a, an opportunity for me to be able to do. This time, only one of my students went. Last time, again, only one went, but, but this time, a different one went. And um, uh, we had a fantastic time. So uh, about how many people uh, attended the the conference, I guess? Oh, this year's Taikai had, you know, just as a rough estimate, we probably had um, – 250 to 300 people total there from white belt to most senior Shihan grades. Wow. And how many people from the U.S. attended? Roughly? Only two. Only two? So just yeah. you two. Wow. Okay. Yes, See, yes. that's that's fantastic. And so uh, can you give me a fl- an idea of you know some of the material that was covered? Yes, sir. we got to cover a lot of the course curriculum. Um, the curriculum of, of Gojuru is one that's common with a number of Gojuru practitioners, but there's also some more specific Gojuru curriculum that's more unique to Toguchi's lineage. And uh, there's some two-person sets for the kata that um, that we were able to train and study in. There's um, some of the what they call Kiso Kumite, which is uh, kind of basically the self-defense techniques extracted out of the kata. Um, that are, are prearranged for us to practice and study. Um, so we studied, uh, I had the opportunity to study some Kobudo with them or practice and compare and contrast. Um, on the day of the tournament, in fact, when it was my turn to compete, they had to come hunt me down because I was out in the hallway doing Sai with one of the other Shihans and comparing and practicing. Um, there was a little bit of a language barrier because I don't speak Japanese as fluently, but it's uh, when you compare a kata that you do so similarly, then uh, it's kind of like two musicians that speak a different language but still understand the same music. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I've said that many times that, you know, as martial artists, that's one of the great things that brings us together. Is even if you can't speak, I mean, I've trained with people in in Italy and Germany, and and even if you don't speak the same language, I mean, you still do the techniques. You still have that in common. So. That's- it, what was that like being among 200 some odd people? Were there many other people that spoke English or was it just kind of you were a fish in the middle of a much bigger pond at that point? Oh, it worked out very well. We had several Canadians there at the uh, area and, and we got grouped in with the Canadians and um, and they were, they were cooler than the bottom side of a pillow. They were a lot of fun to be around and hang out with and 
um, it made it easier. Um, they had the the actual tournament day. They had the big tournament at a American school in the middle of Japan, close by Tokyo. And that was really interesting to see that there was actually an American school there. Um, so, and so a number of the Japanese over there spoke English. Um, not all of them as fluently as we do, but but we were able to communicate effectively and positively and um, were able to communicate in a way that was not – we didn't accidentally offend anyone and um, – uh, with the reishiki all seemed to go very well. Oh, fantastic. Uh, so can you give me an idea of the the pace of the day? Like, I, I understand it was probably it was probably pretty well packed, right? Uh, well, actually, how long was it? Was it a week? Yes, sir. We were there a week, and it was it was quite packed. We um, that's one of the, if I if I could make it better, one of the ways would be to. To maybe slow it down a little bit, but on the other hand, if we would have slowed it down a little bit, then we would not have gotten to see all that we would, all that we did. Um, we were able to go to um, a Shredo store over there and um, get to pick up a couple of things from Shredo there. And and um, oh we man, I wish I'd been aware of that. I'd had you pick me up a couple of things. Yes, yes, sir. So then we were. We most days we had to get up and leave. Um, we we had to get up and leave by five thirty to six thirty range and hit the road to accomplish all of the the activities we had scheduled that day. And uh, the very very last day we didn't have to leave until nine a.m. and um, and that was that was nice. It was nice to be able to sleep in a little bit. But boy, we went full speed, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Oh man, yeah, that's you know those those in, sort of intensive training opportunities are fantastic, and and yeah, it does seem like there's a lot of times where you wish you could just slow it down a little bit and maybe soak up uh, a, a certain amount of, of you know a particular technique that you think is really cool or a particular style, but to maybe just get a whole sense of you know all the different components within your system is probably uh, a, a pretty rich, especially for uh, your student. Uh, what was what was the rank of your student that went with you? Um, she was shodan, a, a very fresh shodan too. She had just earned shodan about um, two months prior to the to the trip. Wow! And so that must have been kind of an eye open uh, opening experience for them, uh, just to see not only you know the size of the association and 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 your school and your group of schools actually here in the Austin area but then also see this is a worldwide association with people from all over the place yes sir it 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 helps um helps people understand a little bit better so that you know there's a number of schools that have different points of view on on what's an acceptable time frame to make it to black belt and um, so for us, on average, it, it takes most adults um, probably around the four to six year range and with us. And, and so by them going to over there, and, and it's good for me, too, to see how well received we were and how well we fit in and how, um, you know, we don't push our students through so fast that they're not able to effectively interact internationally. Um, the young lady that went with me ended up winning 
first in women's black belt division. And um, oh, fantastic. That was a you know that was a strong testament to to the efforts we put forth. But it was kind of surprising to her because she so admired the quality of martial artists over there as she she felt like going into the deal that um she didn't have a chance to even place and so it was it was it's always that much more fun and and exciting when you respect those other people as quality martial artists and you're as impressed with them as they are with you yeah absolutely now did you um see you know since you know you're all part of a a essentially one system did you see any sort of big variances between different, you know, even nations, much less actual martial artists. I mean, we all kind of do it all differently, even within our system. But did you, sure. was it kind of a an experience to go like, oh, hey, they're doing it in a way I never thought about sort of thing, but it was kind of sanctioned by the guys on high as well? Uh, no, everything, all the, there were some variances, but all the variances were, were really pretty small, and um, the, I noticed that even from dojo to dojo there locally, there are, are some small variances um, within that as well. And and instead of it's instead of the variances or the differences soliciting judgment and um, finger pointing, it tended to solicit um, uh, invitations of of training together. And why do you do that this way, or what's the application of that? Um, we had um, uh, one of the the head shihans in the organization has he's operates a martial arts school that meets about five days a week. They have a they have an actual school location over there. And last time I was there, he invited me to homestay with him. The next time I came, and this time he he brought his wife and his son over with me. Who um, uh, and again asked me, uh, please come and stay. His son is in his early twenties and. And boy, he is a firecracker of a martial artist. He's one of those guys that has a pleasant look on his face and a pleasant, uh, pleasant body, body language kind. But you can look in his eyes and and see that there's a tiger caged up in there. And my goodness, it it sure did leave an exciting opportunity to for the next time we go back to homestay with them. This time we got to have the privilege of homestaying with the president of the organization, and. Uh, that was a huge honor and um, certainly wasn't taken lightly by us, but um, we were very treated very kindly um, and uh, uh, also treated with as uh, with so with enough respect where it was even a little bit uncomfortable sometimes because you know they're our senior or he was our senior we're supposed to be um, taking care of him more than him taking care of us. Oh, that's that's outstanding. Uh, and what rank is he? Oh gosh, I, I don't re- recall the actual um, degrees of rank, but he's the he's the kaicho, he's the president, yeah. and so you know not as much of a the kaicho always outranks whatever number of stripes you have on your belt. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, uh, that's uh, that's fantastic. And so you've got you got to actually stay with the president. Of this association, and so was, were there training opportunities, you know, around the house, while he, before and after class, or? Oh yes, sir. There, the, that man loves karate. He, he I think he like, loves karate as much as I do, and um, and so there was always a training opportunity. The the head Shihan for North America was with us as well, 
and um, and uh, he loves karate every bit as much as I do. So there was always martial art opportunity at every turn, and uh, uh, even at the castles, we were able to at some point start. We got to go to some of the Buddhist temples and castles, and and we made it a point to stop and and uh, do some kata right there in front of the temple or on the steps of the temple just as a, a means of uh, sharing some good energy and receiving some good energy with it. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, so, and, and this is the second one you've been to. So how long has it been since you've been to the last one or the first one? Three years. My first one was the 30th annual um, Taikai. And um, so it, it's been three years since I've been to that. And did you see any changes in, in the size and the, the, the pace of training in between those two? You know, um, the 30th annual was, I, I, I suspect it was made a bigger deal of because we had, there were more people there. Um, there seemed to be more people at that one than this year. But as far as, as quality of martial arts and um, and intensity and, um, and just the whole scene, I, I, I don't, think I, I was able to notice there was it had improved or declined it was just a little bit different I got to see more Kobudo this time and um, and that excited me because I, I really enjoy that aspect of martial arts um, and the martial arts that we do that that's a uh, that part makes it so much cooler to me so I got to see more of that and do more of that um, the thing that that stuck out to me most as an example, um, you know, last time was it was so fresh and everything was I was went into it so wide eyed and and this time some of the things were more familiar so I was able to pay attention to other things and this time I think I grew the largest in observing um, how the leadership um, happened, uh, how Kaicho provided the leadership and how he had such a great balance of um, of hard and soft. Um, you know, he was still firm and clear in what was expected, but um, oftentimes he was able to any corrections he was he made, he was able to make where uh, people went away with a smile and gratitude rather than people going away with their tail tucked, feeling like they'd just gotten whooped. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, and that's probably a really good uh, point because now that you've, I mean, you've obviously been teaching and training for a long time, but now you get to, get, you know maybe take a look at, you know, the first time you went, it was more about the physical, you know, this time, you know, a few years down the road, you continually evolving as a martial artist and going like, okay, well, here's the leadership possibilities. And, and, and that's a fantastic takeaway from it because most people, even I, when I was sitting down and thinking about the interview is I was going to ask you about training, 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 but that's a really good uh, point is that, you know, an instructor of your level of getting able to see really high-ranked and, and high-quality instructors as a way to, as an example of leadership. Yes, sir. Yes, it, it was um, every step of it. It was educational. Um, it was uh, fun as much as it was anything else, but it was still very educational. It was it was uh, an honor to be able to be taken in and and. Um, and have so much of that friendship energy too, instead of it being just him being the president and him being stuck in that role of, of, uh, of being that friendship or that, uh, leadership energy and that boss energy. But, 
Um, there were a number of times through travel where we were on the bullet train together or on another train traveling from one place to another or in a van together where um, he was able to to kick back. He felt comfortable enough for him to for him to kick back and um, and share some friendship energy too. That that's great. And so, uh, what um, as far as as the the upper levels of of, of Goju, like what, what was the, was there, a, I guess maybe was it a, more of a, a mix or was it more weighted towards, you know, Black Belt and Below or, or how did that shake out? It was a really nice mix. It was great to see, um, it was great to see all the way down to White Belt training um, around us. It was, uh, I did never get to train directly with the White Belts this time. Last time I went, I was able to train with, um, in the same, you know, actively trained with some of the kids and some of the white belts and green belts and brown belts and just the whole blend. But this time I, I didn't get to train as much with anybody below black belt, but I did get to observe it. And, um, and it was really interesting. The, the, the thing that was so dynamically different to me was um, like one of our training sessions when we first got there there were some of the karateka there from mostly brown and black belt area that I observed that I thought, hmm, you know, I, I just kind of I thought they might be more sharp um, than that. But then when it got to tournament day, I was watching them get warmed up for their kata division, and I don't know that I've ever observed anything being more sharp. But it was the same person, and I was like, oh, well, that that was interesting because just. You know, two days ago, I was thinking, oh, I kind of expected you might be a little more sharp at that rank. And, and boy, then turn around two days later when, when it's time to really be sharp. And, um, and uh, it, it was uh, my jaw had dropped uh, even within the, the kids, I guess especially with the kids, because you expect the adults to be powerful and fast at some level. But, but you don't always expect quite that much out of the youth generation of it. And... Uh, and my goodness, some of those kids were as fast as lightning bolts, and um, and were as powerful as Big Thunder. It was it was great. Yeah, I, I learned that lesson. I think a, a while back, like many years ago, I saw an instructor that when I saw him do his his, his kata and some of his techniques, I was like, man, he's just really not that sharp. You'd figure someone at that level would be really fantastic, but I didn't actually understand how he was doing his kata. Yes, and and you know, many years later, after training with them some more, I'm like, oh, okay, it's you know, it's it, it is there. It's just I didn't see it. I my eyes weren't attuned correctly to yeah. it. I suppose that's why some of the more senior martial artists in the world, such as is uh, Hanshi Kisei, that they are they tend to be a little bit apprehensive about allowing people to film them because people will film them just kind of walking through the kata at a teaching pace. And then they'll post it on the internet, and and because of whatever agenda they're trying to, uh, whatever agenda they have, they they post stuff that aren't their sharpest, and then they they talk about how oh I can't believe they're not that good, and they're not this, and they're not that. Look at this, and and um, you know it it goes back to their ego and their agenda of promoting um, themselves or or whatever they're trying to promote for that ten seconds and. Through the process of promoting them, they seem to think that they'll do a little bit better if they can cause somebody else's credibility to drop. But um, 
but I, I can certainly see how people would be apprehensive of being willing to be filmed. Um, and I found myself having that point of view too at some level because I have the point of view, well, you know, people might talk smack about it a little bit and, and post it when in two or three years I'm going to be even better. And then in 10 years I'm still going to be better than that and um, and would like to, the opportunity to have my best foot forward. Yeah. Yeah, I've had a, a few of those people comment on my videos and stuff and it's usually people who have not posted videos of their own and so i always just tell them say well post yours show me yes well and, they're mouth warriors right they they're internet warriors they're right at their you know they're spending time on their computer talking smack rather than doing it exactly and, and speaking of the internet uh you mentioned that that the internet has kind of helped the the association and the and the connections and the relationships uh yes. grow uh that that's a, a big point that we bring up a lot, and uh, and how have you seen that change between three years? Oh, the the opportunity of sharing and um, communication, building relationships, keeping relationships positive. I have some some people that uh, that I, I have such a high point of view about, and uh, um, they're too far away for me to get together regularly and train with them, and. Uh, you know, the, there's a, a Shoinru group in Canada, the Legacy Shoinru, that, my goodness, such kindred spirits and such great fighters and great Kata people. And, and um, if it weren't for the Internet and the possibility of the Internet, then we may not have been able to continue a friendship. But uh, I'm sure grateful that we have that opportunity. And I'm sure you probably came away with some more opportunities after this one because uh, you know, I'm sure there was a, a lot of changing exchanging of information at the end of camp. I know there always is at our seminars and camps. And uh, did you get any opportunities or any invitations to train anywhere else? Uh, I did, yes. We're looking forward to uh, – Kaicho is going to be in Canada this year in October. And so uh, I received an invitation to go and train when he makes it back to North America. Um, I'm excited about the possibility of that showing up and um, – and, uh, People mostly from Japan that you know would came over at different times and said, "Man, when you come back, if we can find time to train together, please um, consider coming and visiting our dojo." And um, that was exciting. The the um, the one particular fellow that invited us to homestay uh, that that sounds just like it would fit me right down to the ground. Being able to to go homestay at him him living close to the dojo. And uh, and having the opportunity of of almost daily being on the mat and being able to to train and exchange and ideas and concepts and um, and it, you know even if there's not a whole lot of uh, vocabulary that I mean if I don't have all the vocabulary required to really exchange high level concepts and ideas. Just being able to do it and do it again and do it again and practice the curriculum over and over and and have the self discoveries that come from watching and uh, practicing together. Yeah, that's 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 one of the things I think it's all about, especially in an association. Is just uh, you know keep working on it, keep you know build the relationships, and, and keep striving forward. So so now let's bring it back home. Yes, sir. You know, you. Uh, I know how I am after I get done with a seminar or, or one of our camps or whatever, and I show up 
the first day back to class, and I tell all my students, like, all right, we're going to do, uh, so what, what's, did, did you bring home something like a, a good drill or something that you wanted to show, you just could not wait to get back on the floor and show everybody? Oh, yes, sir. Um, one of them in particular that, that I picked up in, um, in the <laughs> training in the hallway at the tournament was um, uh, how to, a, a drill of practicing your kata, but keeping your body in one place. So, you know, you might turn and block and then step and punch. Well, instead of stepping, you just um, shuffle your feet against the ground, change, you know, just change your foot position and punch off of that. And then you might have to step back into a shikodachi next or a kibodachi. Instead of stepping back, you just shift your body and shift your feet so that, um, you know, as far as longitude and latitude on the earth, your body tends to stay in the same place, but your feet are always shifting back and forth. And then learning how to hold that root while you move back and forth and stay rooted and stay powerful and, and uh, stay balanced. It really was great for a lot of self-discovery because um, when I did my kata that way, when I'd move back to that shikodachi, if I, wasn't, if I didn't have the proper posture, I'd notice that I might lean forward or lean one way or the other were just a little bit too much and have a possibility of, of um, my balance being just a little bit off instead of it being perfect as I came in back to center. So that was one that I really enjoyed um, and, and a drill that I couldn't hardly wait to get back to and uh, practice with my students. Oh, yeah, awesome. And and then I guess maybe conversely, was there something that, that you discovered over that week that you were like, oh, you know, I've been messing that up or I've been, you know, like, oh, that's a big modification I need to make. And then you're going to have to go reflect it back into the, you know, what you've been teaching. Yes, the, the noticeable modification that I, that I really recall was uh, one of the kata we practiced called um, Shiso Shin. There was a, a directional piece of of where you look there's a one particular place at the beginning where you go you angle your body at a 45 degree angle and your eyes are looking over that same shoulder that's in front um, headed that way and then um, you do a technique that causes the hips to turn um, sideways and and end up um, 90 degrees from where you started to the left uh, going the other direction and how uh, just the angle of the eyes and how to get it there sharp um, some of the the techniques to I was able to observe the snappiness of some of the competitors that day at the in the tournament um, that I got to compete against, and some of those pieces that made them really snappy and sharp were um, things that I were able to figure out while I was over there just from watching them and go, oh man, that's that's something that we need to make sure that we're adding in. Um, because that makes that technique or that uh, that block or that kick or that um, punch really sharpen up a lot. So it was uh, very educational within that range, too. Oh, fantastic. And so what was it like competing against people, you know, I mean, uh, competing in the dojo and competing, you know, maybe at a at a local regional level is, is probably a certain amount. But when you've got the president of your your association there and then people from all over the world watching you compete like that must bring a whole new level of uh, concern about your technique yes you really like it to be precise and uh, as correct as you can make it when that's going on and um, it 
What a terrific opportunity, though, because you have their complete undivided attention and as kind and gifting and sharing as they tended to be. Um, if they saw you doing something a little bit different or a little bit off, if they saw a way that, that you could do it better, they were willing to share. Instead of holding it back, um, they were willing to exchange that idea. And, and so Kaicho, as he, as he, uh, as I had his undivided attention as a for a performance of my kata, um, he was very generous and gifting with knowledge about it. Well, so how did they do the uh, in the com- in the competition? Did they like give feedback immediately, or was it kind of a later in the afternoon, after dinner kind of thing, or? Yes, sir. It was later in the afternoon when you got together with them off to the side, and um, and th- there was enough training opportunity to where the tournament day wasn't as much of a critique day, but um, it also gave an opportunity to 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 earn a little respect and um, and to to earn some opportunities um, based on how you performed that day. Fantastic. And so you also had some time to to knock around and sightsee and, and get more of a you know, kind of a feeling for the place and the people and, and stuff like that. How did that reflect back with your, you know, your training of like, you know, okay, we were in a martial environment and, you know, but now we're out on the streets and yeah, how, how, how was that? Uh, it know? was really interesting that the driving is what stuck out most to me. I, I, you don't ever hardly hear anybody honk out of telling you to get out of the way or telling you, trying to convey a message that you made an error. Um, if you pull out in front of somebody, they'll tend to just stop and wait and give you a little bit of a, a head nod and smile at you and let you get on through. And um, instead of people honking and, and becoming emotionally fettered by the event. And, um, you know, one of the reasons we, uh, a teaching point that I use in class is, why do we have so much reishiki? Why do we have so much uh, etiquette in on the mat? And um, what I teach is that it's because we're studying deadly force. And you put a bunch of people in a room, it's, it's the study of deadly force. We don't want it, we would not like to be offensive um, because at any moment that could break out if if you were too offensive and I compare it to if all of us had guns and they were cocked and loaded well we'd want to make sure we minded our manners really well and so that's kind of the same thing the study of, of deadly force um, tends to encourage people especially when they become aware tends to encourage us to want to be more kind to each other and um, and culturally it was it was really interesting to see how um, how kindness and uh, consideration seemed to be quite a bit different than what we find in the U.S. Yeah, absolutely. Did and I assume that reflected back on the on the dojo floor uh, during the sessions because I mean you really have people from all over the world. I'm sure everyone's kind of on their best behavior no matter what, because there are some people there that are, you know, truly highly skilled. <laughs> yes, sir. And the ones that weren't on their best behavior were, it was obviously that, uh, obvious that they were not um, very conscious of what was going on. And um, it was really interesting to see Kaicho lead them because he ended up, you know, he ended up helping a little bit, but at some point um, he ended up starting to just ignore them. And uh, I guess that's—I've always been taught—that's the 
the biggest insult a teacher could ever give a student was be to just ignore them. And, um, and, but it's so subtle at the same time, right? So the, the people that were messing up as far as etiquette or, or the reishiki, um, they couldn't hardly tell that they were being ignored um, because they just they weren't being conscious in, of that scenario happen. So it was it was interesting. Um, I learned a lot, and part of the part of that reinforced just how significant the etiquette is, um, and maintaining the etiquette, the proper etiquette, is because once it starts to slip, it it. I've observed that it can be a very slippery slope, and if it's slippery, then that means it can build speed as it goes downhill. Yeah, absolutely, and and uh, not to mention the fact that you know, especially in that situation, I mean, day to day in the dojo, but also in a large situation like that, if you're not, you know, open, you're not, you know, kind and and willing to receive what's going on, and you're being disruptive and whatever. I mean, not only are you ruining it for everyone else, but you're also, you're missing it. And you, yeah, you may not even notice you're missing it. You know, you're, you're going to miss someone taking you to the side and showing you some little of this and someone inviting you to their house after class and, and, and just miss, you, you're going to miss the big picture or actually you'll probably just see the big picture, but you won't get to see the little details because people are, aren't going to want to bother with you anyway. And, and that goes for a large gathering and, you know, a small gathering. Absolutely, yes, if, sir. If you're not willing to to, to be open and, and accepting of, of what's going on, especially if you're, you know, middle or lower rank sort of person, and you know, you just you're messing around and not paying attention, you know, it's going to get ba- get back to you, but it might not. It might just be like, okay, well, why bother? And, yes, yes, sir. And, and they'll and they'll miss out. And uh, and I think, especially in that sort of situation where there's so many people. I'm, all the all the upper ranks are are pretty pretty you know laser like on going like well I'm going to ignore those people because even though they wasted all this money to fly all the way around the world they're not going to get anywhere near as much as this half of the room that's standing quietly and you know practicing good technique and being earnest. Yes, sir. It's great having such good students in my dojo because it, it's a it's a model for me. At different times, you know, I, I think back to some of my students that are the most enjoyable to teach, and what behaviors they exhibit that make them that way. And uh, and then I, I create an effort on my behalf to to imitate that, and um, it seems to work fairly effectively. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think if you're if you're if you're honest and open, I, yeah, one of my students the other day, we were just talking about whatever and. And after class, he just said, like, hey, I, I, thanks for being open with me. And I don't know what we were talking about. We were talking something about some technique and, you know, the, the history behind it and, you know, legends and mysteries and whatever. So, and, uh, and I was like, you know, it's this and this and this. But, you know, it's probably just hitting somebody. I don't know. It's not energy and magic. It's just mechanics or whatever. And so – and he would studied martial arts before. So he was, he was kind of – he said, you know, my old teacher wouldn't tell me that. He'd tell me it was, you know, chi and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well – and it might be, but I do know it's you hit somebody this way and it's going to hurt, you know. So, yes, sir. <laughs> so he was just he was open with that because that's the way my instructors are. They're you know, they they it's not smoke and mirrors. It's well, this is it. And I think if I foster that and let and and move that on, my students will appreciate it. And the ones that don't, I mean, I guess are just the ones that don't. Amen. So, so uh, I mean, are, are there any other? Uh, obviously, you would 
recommend this, I'm sure, to everyone else. Are you going to go next year? Are you going to take a couple couple years off? Are you going to wait until your kite show comes in? Uh, I'm planning if uh, I'm, I would like to attend this um, this fall when he comes to North America. I'd like to make that happen. Um, part of it is uh, generating the funds to make sure it happens and and uh, uh, create that because there's you know so many things that happen with um, taking care of kids in our lives and and uh, uh, just life sometimes costs us more some years than it does the other. But I'd like yeah, to yeah. try to make it there, and um, and I, I think I'm going to skip one year. And my objective is to to skip a year and go back to Japan the following year. So if I can go every other year, um, I'd be happy. And if I can uh, if I can achieve some financial um, successes in some of my other businesses that I've started, then um, then I might can end up learning. Or having the opportunity to go every year, but um, but for now, pacing myself and um, shooting for those goals and seeing what it takes to create them. Okay, well, fantastic. Well, Ty, thanks for uh, talking with us about your uh, experiences, and uh, I hope to get together again and train with you again real soon. Amen. Thank you for being a training friend with us. We really are grateful to have you in Austin, and uh, grateful to have the opportunities and the invitations and uh, please always feel welcome in coming to our dojo and, and training even if it's last minute then please feel welcome to come and train with us because uh, we have a great time with you oh thanks and, and you too and, and my doors are always open for you uh, Tai Yokum of uh, Austin Okinawan Karate thanks for being on Karate Cafe thank you very much for hosting I'm very grateful Okay, thanks to Ty Yoakum for that great interview. It was great to hear the tales of fellowship and hard work. And we really appreciate his taking the time. And I once again want to thank him personally for opening his dojo to me when I moved here to Austin. Uh, He and uh, his students and his uh, senior students, instructors, fellow instructors, were fantastic, treated me really well. And uh, this is just a little way to give it back. And uh, if you had the opportunity to come to Austin and you don't want to train with me, I really encourage you to go train uh, with Yokum Shihan at the Austin Okanan Karate Dojo. Now remember, you can always email Karate Cafe at karatecafe at gmail.com or give us a call at 469-844-5791. And don't forget, June is Forgo Your Cafe for Karate Cafe Month. And until then, we'll talk to you all again very soon. Thanks for listening to another episode of Karate Cafe. You can join the conversation by emailing us at karatecafe at gmail.com. Call our comment line at 469-844-5791 or log into the forum at karatecafe.com. Remember, you can support the show by visiting our sponsor, piranagear.com, or shopping at Amazon through our link, karatecafe.com slash Amazon, or donate at karatecafe.com. I'm Steve Henderson, proud supporter and voice talent for Karate Cafe. If you or someone you know needs an effective voice for a film, television, radio, or new media web project, contact me at stevehendersonvoiceovers at gmail.com. 
or call me at 404-314-8400. Once again, thanks for listening to Karate Cafe.